Welcome to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. Today, I'll be interviewing Dr. Allison Horstmeyer. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, please leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornary.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind. Nelson, I've heard uh, emotional intelligence uh, thrown around over the last several years, particularly. But I know you are certified uh, in EQ. Uh, I, um, what is it like to be emotional intelligent anyway? Uh, yeah, that's a great question, Maurice. I think we we throw around EQ or emotional intelligence a lot, and and, and perhaps people don't really understand what it is. Uh, Daniel Goldman is really the founding father of emotional intelligence and provides us a, a deeper understanding of emotional intelligence in that it's made up of several dimensions. So you need to have some self-awareness about yourself. So there's some self-regulation in how we tend to react to situations And so can we watch our tendencies to go on automatic pilot, to have reactive tendencies, instead of really trying to assess what is really needed in the moment? What's the best way for me to respond, react, show up, uh, which which then takes you into that self-management of yourself, So then you can tune in to those around you and have some level of social awareness, which then leads into relationship management. But it all starts with you and getting to know, excuse me, getting to know yourself. Uh, We we are all whips, work in progress. We, no matter uh, where we are in life or career, there's always some aspect of ourselves that is uh, needing some attention in terms of uh, evolving so we can respond to things how they are in the present moment and not just fall back to what has happened in our past. Um, A lot of times we are uh, unconsciously falling into the traps of some unconscious biases. So when I work with executives, for example, uh, in their leadership development, we often start exploring, like, how do they, do they often fall into traps of confirmation bias, action bias, um, uh, you know, status quo bias, like status quo bias we have in our personal and professional lives. We want everything to be exactly the same all the time. And that actually is really limiting. And so with emotional intelligence, it actually provides us an opportunity 
to have emotional and social agility. We want to be more flexible in moments, in how we perceive situations. How we perceive situations is not necessarily based on the past. It's actually what's transpiring in the present moment. And so when we talk about emotional intelligence, we're really talking about emotional agility, accepting our emotions, recognizing why we're getting triggered, and then consciously deciding how we want to respond. And that then helps us tune in and connect with others and better manage our relationships with others. And how can someone who is not receiving what they really want to receive out of life because of their limited thinking and those old negative patterns, how do they begin to break those patterns to become more presently aware so they can develop the agility that's needed to continue to grow? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, First and foremost, it starts with giving ourselves permission to try something different. And that dovetails nicely into my research on curiosity. And so in the literature on curiosity, we often think of curiosity connected to uh, creativity and innovation, but it's also a doorway to get to know ourselves, a doorway to empathy, a doorway to collaboration, a doorway to trust. And so what is it really um, about a certain narrative that you're holding on to that you believe is so true? Our, our narratives, are our self-narratives, the ones that we create, uh, tend to be really self-limiting. They are, again, based on things we may have experienced in the past. And so can we give ourselves permission to let go of the past and really get clear on what we want today? And can we use our curiosity? Curiosity is about not knowing. It's about exploring. It's about openness to experiences, to get the information or data from those experiences. And I don't really categorize experience as a success or failure. I categorize it as a reference point. So then you can have the information to consciously make good choices. Um, and in curiosity is what we call stress tolerance. So the more we can allow ourselves to try different things, to experiment, uh, the more we will be able to build up uh, our stress tolerance. We, we certainly get anxious when we don't know. That's totally normal. Uh, and the way to move through it is by action, by doing, by experimenting. And you need certain compasses when you're activating your curiosity and experimenting. And one of those compasses uh, or touchstones can be your core values. So are you really clear on your core values? So for example, a core value of mine is independence. I, I really need autonomy because um, one of my other values is creativity. So I, 
I don't do well. I know I don't do well in situations if if I'm going to be micromanaged or somehow that independence is threatened. And if I find myself in that situation, then I have to decide what I'm going to do about it. But I'm not going to blame the other person or blame the situation. I'm just going to say, okay, well, I'm feeling this way because a certain value is threatened. So if we get clear on our core values, then it becomes, well, how can you make uh, choices or decisions or take a step forward that would allow you to live your core values? And that can be a really nice guiding principle um, because then you're rooted in making decisions that are really authentic to you and will provide that energy, that stimulation and engagement because those core values are coming to life for you as you move forward. Now, are these core values, are they just set or do they change over time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, great question. They do change over time, depending on where you are in your life or career cycle. So, uh, you know, I have certain executives when they were younger, their values were really about achievement, wealth, you know, just this really like building blocks that they really needed in those earlier phases of the career. Now it's more about leadership and um, really servant leadership and collaboration and creativity where they want to really be empowering and enabling uh, their teams, their peers to be successful. So you can see the, the shift kind of go, goes from a, a me to a we. So that's just an example of, of how values can change over time. So you will, you will see your values change over time depending on what, what becomes a priority for you in certain stages of your life and professional career uh, and stage uh, life cycle. Now, you've worked with a lot of big companies, Walmart, Hulu, you name it, and you've done some extensive work. Why do you care to, you know, dedicate the greater part of your adult life (laughs) to the work that you're doing? Mm. Yeah, so my uh, my career was uh, having global sales and business development roles, typically at the intersection of tech and media. Uh, again, that independence value, I always like being on the fringes of innovation and how we bring those things uh, to a market where there's no playbook and it allowed me to really support that value of creativity. And during that time, as you know, and, and certainly we've, we've seen it escalate during COVID and even now as we're in, we continue to be in some very uh, challenging macroenvironmental uh, conditions, is uh, both anxiety and complacency. Just saw that quite a bit around me. Um, and I, I really wanted to do something about it. I, I really enjoyed, as I got later into my career, helping uh, teams be successful and seeing, you know, seeing them have success and wins. And, uh, and I really wanted to get underneath the kind of mental, emotional, 
uh, even kind of the spiritual component of why somebody's able to succeed, what are the conditions that they need to thrive, and, and how could I do this more often and really focus my attention on that. But I really felt I needed some evidence-based training and research, so that's why I went back to school. I did my PhD in integrative health sciences and focused on curiosity in the workplace and, um, and then moved into uh, talent development through academia and consulting. And it was always my intention to come back to the corporate world to marry my business acumen with my humanistic research and focus um, and to figure out ways I could really help people and, and have them access a deeper self-awareness, a deeper awareness uh, about the possibilities, about their potential, and then realizing that. And every person is, is a unique individual. We come from a mosaic of, of different uh, elements in our background, in our education, in our philosophies. And so uh, it's always an interesting journey, whether it's with an individual or a team, because the dynamics are always different. Although some of the, in the issues that I see or challenges I see are universal, how we approach to solve them can be very different depending on that individual. And so really it came from, again, thinking about my core values, my purpose, what was the kind of impact that I wanted to make? What was the legacy I wanted to leave behind? And it, it really came to me that I really wanted to be in a, in a role, show up, contribute that was, that was much more service-oriented and to help lift up people in the workplace in a way that I would didn't know how to do when I was a corporate executive because I was missing some of these tools and other things that I have now gained through my research and practice and application. And it continues to evolve. Um, you know, when I started the journey, there were certain methodologies I was using and, and that continues to evolve and, and grow. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it continues to be dynamic, and I think that's why I continue to stay, to stay engaged and in it because there's always an, a new horizon to figure out how we can continue to do that because we continue to live in such a, a complex and ambiguous and volatile environment. Sure. Now, looking back from right now, looking back when you were a kid, do did you have the emotional intelligence uh, then as a kid or um, was it always there and you was the curiosity there? Um, I, I think from a function of my childhood situation. So it was, it was a single parent home. I was your, your latchkey kid. I pretty much took care of myself, which is why I think independence remains such a, a core value, and uh, I do believe the curiosity was always there because 
I was, I was always willing to um, explore different things. Uh, you know, I, I started being trained as a classically, uh, classically trained ballet dancer. I moved into other things. And then, you know, when I got to college, uh, I, I was then like, you know, I want to go to graduate school. I was the first in my family to go to graduate school and then to get a PhD. So I think for me, I, I love learning. I love um, seeing what's possible. I would also say that, that has, was also stemming from I was born overseas lived overseas before I came to the U.S. And so, you know, travel was really important to me. Cultures was really important to me. Getting to have that um, kind of more global understanding, which is why I gravitated towards global roles. I loved just seeing kind of the interconnectivity of the different nuances in that. And... So I, I do think it was there. I think, you know, Maurice, what wasn't there was letting go of having to be perfect. So in ballet, you're trained to show up to be perfect, right? Got to mm -hmm. have the perfect body, got to have the perfect extension. Um, you have to, you know, I was, I had to get good grades. It was a lot of perform, perform, perform. And so I was very disciplined. I would say a lot of the things I did were rooted in fear of failure and fear of disappointing. And so as I got older, I had to learn how to undo and let that go and realize like that, that need to be perfect actually creates uh, rigidity, it doesn't create, create emotional agility because we are so, we're so, uh, focused on way something has to be or should be. We can't let go of what, what something could be. And it could be something totally different than you expect and even better. And it also doesn't give you the opportunity to adjust and adapt when something doesn't go the way that you had hoped or expected. And so that was a journey for me. I really had to, to let go of that. And I would guess that would create a level of anxiety as well, the way mm -hmm. you describe it. Yeah, certainly. I had, um, I had performance anxiety. I had test anxiety. I had, um, you know, it, 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 it was a lot of self-judgment being, I was already judging myself even before I had done it. And so that's where, you know, can curious, right? Can I allow myself to explore and do it and have the experience to see what actually happens versus creating a whole narrative and an illusion of what I think is going to happen. And so that's how curiosity worked for me to help, and manage that anxiety. I learn by doing. So even to this day, if I have anxiety about something that I don't know how to do it, 
I just, I, I know one of my unshakable truths is I always figure it out and I always do good work. So I just, I go into it. I actually lean into it more now, uh, than I, than, yeah, before I would have been like, oh no, like what's going to, you know, all the scenarios would have been coming up in, in me and creating that anxiety. You said you lean into it and you know you always do work, good work. So that's a foundation. And the more you say that to yourself, it imprints your subconscious mind and Mm -hmm. it solidifies itself. And it just keeps replicating the good work and all this stuff just keeps replicating itself. And on the negative, if someone says something negative to themselves, that will keep that will imprint the subconscious mind and they will also keep reproducing that negative thing as well. That's right. That's right. We, we can create new neural pathways in our brain until the day we die. There was an old belief uh, for some time or uh, really kind of a traditional belief that at a certain point in our lives, at a certain age, we don't create those new neural pathways. That has since been debunked. We do. And the only way you can create those new neural pathways in your brain is to is to lean in, have different experiences, and be able to see what is true. And the way you get there exactly is what you said, is how can we practice reframing and some other tools that help us lean into those experiences. Um, otherwise, we're just going to be running the same circuits again and again, and it will really limit ourselves limit, limit our potential, limit why we are here, why, you know, what you're here to, to do and to experience your growth. Um, and so you, you do want to lean into the discomfort, get familiar with the discomfort. If you're in discomfort, it's probably a good, it's probably a great sign that you're stretching yourself. You're going to have some really nice growth because there is no growth in comfort. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's just not, it's just not going to happen. So, uh, can we, can we put a different charge on the discomfort instead of like, Oh wow, this is awful. Or like, Oh wow, I'm about to get some like killer growth. Great. Let's go. You know, like what are the things you can do with yourself to help you lean into things? Yeah. And moments ago, you talked about curiosity. What are some barriers that you've noticed to curiosity? Uh, Yeah, it's some of the things that we've talked about. Um, You know, are there have we been conditioned to believe certain things about ourselves, about society, you know, whatever it is? Um, Are do we have a, a fear of failing, a fear of not performing um do we do we want everything really clearly laid out you know have know what's going to happen from a b to c i'm not saying you can't have a plan Mm -hmm. plans are great having a north star or a goal is fantastic what i am saying is can you invite yourself when a curveball comes in, maybe that's actually a piece of data or information for you to consider 
and say, what does this really mean? This probably means I need to pivot and go, go into a different path that will actually get me to my goal. So um, just if we, and that can create anxiety, but then you say, okay, well, what, what happens if, if I actually just evaluate it objectively? And that's where, you know, mindfulness and other things come in. Like, can we, can we take, can we detach ourselves so we can evaluate it objectively and then see what it's presenting and consciously decide what to do? And I'm not saying that you get it right out the, out the gate or each time. I certainly don't. Uh, there are things that still happen to me today. Just because I've done the research and I put things in practice with myself and my clients doesn't mean we, we always knock it out of the park. We don't. And I would never know that we wouldn't have knocked it out of the park if we hadn't tried it. So it gives you an opportunity of, of what not to do uh, again. You know, you, you have, we have to just give ourselves permission um, to feel, to do, to learn. True. Mm-hmm. Sure. I agree. And your consulting company is called Intrinsic Curiosity. In what ways do you help people in your consulting company or organizations? So I I tend to work with uh, senior executives um, focused on leadership, agility. I work on teams with team performance, team effectiveness, uh, and a lot of the work I do is rooted in my research on curiosity, um, and, and really it depends on what the, what the need of the clients are, what it, what are they seeing in their teams, what are they really trying to achieve from a business standpoint, and what are the interpersonal and personal dynamics that are getting in the way of that. So, you know, when you bring bring people together, inevitably there's going to be conflict, there's going to be collaboration, there's just going to be a soup of different things happening. And so it's giving teams and execs the tools to better navigate those dynamics and to really align motivate, organize, inspire, so we can work, work in productive ways to advance the work that's really in line with the strategic imperatives that, the, that they've set. And are you on any social media? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me uh, through my website, which is Dr. Allison H., uh, and, and contact me that way. And, uh, on my website are, uh, various, uh, articles and peer reviewed journal articles if people are interested in the research. So I always invite people to, to dive into the resources as well. What is your one to grow on? What valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with? It's, it's where we really started, Maurice. It's, can you get clear on your core values and then see 
how you can bring those core values to life. 